0: I think I can sum up the show for you with one word, nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling
1: podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis.
0: He's the wiz! and nobody beats him.
1: This is the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Network.
0: Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 48, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro-wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's Wrestling Podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the future intergender tag team champion of the world, the Kingpin, Brian Malones. I
1: don't think it will be intergender tag team champions. We're just going to go win the Chaotic Wrestling Tag Team Championships. Yourself and. Uh, Davian. And Davian. Uh, yes, yes. I think we could hold our own. What do you think? I mean, Cam and AG are the tag team champions. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what, are you,
0: what are you trying to say there?
1: Know, I'm just, you know, might be easy pickings. Might be a good time. <laughs> might, be, <laughs> it might be an opportunistic time.
0: Uh, all, right, all right. We'll get
1: into this in just a second. Well, I want to get into something else here. You, you didn't show up to Cold Fury Friday night. I was not. You're late this morning. Slightly. And you walk into my house and you're sporting a shiner. Uh, is there a story behind this, or is this going to be like uh, the the Hulk Hogan WrestleMania nine speed, you know, not speedboat, but what the, what the hell are those things, jet ski to the eye uh,
0: type of story here? Yeah, maybe you should take a photo of this because yeah, this could be our big tease oh for boy. the uh, for the podcast that I have a black eye. Um, well, Brian, no, it's it's not anything that you first uh, thought it, it might have been.
1: Your your lovely wife no, probably had enough of no, your crap. No, nothing like that. <laughs>
0: Um, vodka? Was it vodka? <laughs> no, it wasn't vodka the cat. No, the vodka the cat wasn't involved. And no vodka, the drink involved either. Um, well, there might have been a, a traffic dispute, Brian. Oh, goodness. Between, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Brian, I work, my full time job is I work in video production. A, a lot of times I'm a video editor, but sometimes I go out in the field. Uh, Among the people, I like to be out there among the commoners, as they say. And, um, you know, this guy just really didn't want to be mic'd up. I tried to give him a microphone. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, What what happened was, okay, I'm putting away some gear. Uh, We're putting it on a cart to take it out to the the van there. And I had a bungee cord. And you strap the bungee cord over all the gear to make sure it stays on the cart. And I hooked the bungee cord underneath, but I didn't quite hook it right, Brian. <laughs> so that hook came flying up at a 1,000 miles an hour, hit me right in the forehead. <laughs> All right, direct, direct hit. <laughs> knocked me for a loop. I, I, mean, I didn't go down, but I, I, I did a little stagger step, and my eyes were watery. Just uh, and I, I felt it right in the middle of my forehead, but as time wore on, the forehead kind of... Uh, it feels fine now, but it's my you know my brow, my 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 two eyebrows, they're they're sore, and uh yeah, uh, right under my eyebrow there is a nice purple uh, <laughs> black eye, and there's a little bit on the other eye too. It's a oh, little yeah, little bit of is. redness as well. Even see, uh, see but um yeah, so I'm uh, working hard here on the oh. wrestling
1: podcast on nothing this week. Well, that story was a bit of a letdown. I was hoping somebody clocked you, <laughs> 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 like finally finally he, he pissed off the wrong person, being a dink. And
0: somebody clocked him. No, I no, was no. and
1: I was hoping it was your lovely wife,
0: but not, No, 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 no. There's nothing like that, Brian. Damn. Like that. I'm a fine, upstanding individual. Oh, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I, I apologize. Well, uh, hopefully, this episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on the NAI Network does not disappoint. We've got your promo about nothing coming up, and yes, Brian, America's game is back. Will you get retribution on the dirt sheet shuffle? That is coming up, and plus, we are going to talk about working with the stars. We're going to be dropping some names, Brian. <laughs> uh, our run-ins with the greats of wrestling on this week's WPAN. Uh, but first, I think we should talk about uh, Paige, the whole Paige thing. I mean, it's there's really... That is the biggest story in professional <laughs> wrestling this week. It, it broke on Friday. What, she came back? No, she did not oh. come... No, she is not back in the WWE. And I'm not sure if she will be back at this point. It is... Touch and go. Um, This whole situation, of course, everyone knows there were some uh, photos and videos released of uh, Paige engaging in some activity. Um, We're both kind of cringing here even talking about it. (laughs) But, I mean, it is big news. Do you have any thoughts about this whole thing, this whole situation?
1: it sucks that, that, uh, you know, obviously personal pictures and videos, uh, you feel bad for the person uh, to an extent – I will say, having said that, this happens enough now where you got to, I mean, if if you're a person, especially one who's a public figure, you got to really take some precaution here because there are people out there in the world that their goal is to find this sort of stuff and to sell it and make a profit for it, which is obviously very wrong. But at the same time, you got to take whatever precautions you need to to make sure if you have stuff that's for your eyes and whoever eyes only doesn't get out there. Um I think some just some good solid advice uh from somebody who's a dad and <laughs> and my children are very young so I don't have to worry about this for for a bit but if you're taking these sorts of pictures and videos just operate under the presumption that you're probably not going to be the only one to see them and you know or, or the person you're sending them to is not going to be the only person who sees them and if you're okay with that proceed if you're not think long and hard uh, if that's something you would want people to see, and again i'm not condoning the actions of whoever it was that stole these videos or released these videos I'm just saying young people of the world be smart uh be smart with this stuff, really make sure you have it locked down you know again, understand that especially unless you're in some sort of super committed like long term relationship that you know is going to last forever. I think you can operate under under the assumption that The person that that you're intending to get them and see them, again, is probably not the only one seeing them. Uh, And if these things don't exist, nobody can see them. Uh, Again, I just want to reiterate, not condoning the hacking and releasing. I'm just saying, be smart with this stuff. You know, Just be smart with it.
0: It seems like, I mean, me for sure, I don't know about you, but the the whole digital age, we didn't come up with, with cell phones and everything in the palm of our hand. And it seems like it's just different... Mentality for yeah, younger it's, people.
1: It's different times, d- different thoughts. The accessibility is there, but again, just just be. S- and some of it's being young and dumb, I guess. But just be smart. I don't know. Be smart out there. I mean, I mean, I mean we came from an age where stuff was even leaked. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Pamela Anderson thing comes to mind, right? Uh, you know, however, Jesus, was that probably twenty five <laughs> years ago? <laughs> at this point, God. good lord. Um, but you know, that stuff kind of comes to mind. So even just the videotapes can fall into uh, the wrong hands. Uh, Again, if it's, you know, do what you want, live how you want. But if you're doing if you're doing something like you're taking pictures or videos that you don't want, other people exist, make sure they're not on some sort of connected device uh, and make sure that the person who has them is somebody that you can really, 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 really trust and that would just be my advice to the younger generation out there.
0: Yeah, and I guess we can safely assume there'll be no wpan exposes in the future. No, not not unless you're sending no, some no, uh, no. some pictures Mike. No. <laughs> never, has never happened. It's never happened.
1: Ne- the thought has never crossed my mind. No. I I've, I I'll just put that. I've never been sent nudes. I've never asked for nudes. I'm I've, I'm also a 35-year-old man who's been married for 10 years,
0: so yeah. I mean Same here. here. (laughs) You haven't been married for 10 years. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, there's been no chicanery. No chicanery whatsoever. (laughs) Um, All right. So, Brian, let's move on to uh, Cold Fury was this past week and last week on the Nai network we talked to jamie jamikowski the owner and ceo of chaotic wrestling uh go back to listen to last week's if you haven't heard it and yeah so cold fury the biggest event on the chaotic wrestling calendar happened this past friday and uh from what i saw a great crowd i I didn't i didn't make it out as you mentioned earlier but uh a great crowd on hand and you had a fun match and cody rhodes was there on the whole deal right yeah yeah it was it was a very
1: good night uh yeah, it was cool. It's also, I mean, uh, on a on a personal note, it was great to see Elia ascend to the top of Chaotic Wrestling. My both uh, myself, Brian Fury, and Handsome all went and probably against the uh, the wishes of Chaotic Wrestling management. We guess we broke the fourth wall and went out and to the ring and and uh, had a had a nice moment with Elia.
0: Wow well, that that was uh that was just uh, called on the fly.
1: I, it was i was i was downstairs packing my bag and getting ready to head up to to watch the conclusion of the main event and, and uh and hansen texted me hey you going out you going out with us i'm like yeah yeah i am so uh all three of us had a hand in in training ilia and yeah i don't know sometimes those moments are cool and and uh i don't really care who get mad about it the it,
0: chaotic curtain call <laughs> exactly You're be excommunicated
1: yeah. yeah no i don't really care it was a special moment for him and uh you know, the three of us having, you know, been there for him since the start, literally know, knowing the kid since he was a kid, since he was 13 years old, you know, seeing all he's been through. Uh, and you could tell it meant a lot to Elia that moment. So, uh, yeah, it was a cool moment. It's one of those ones that I'll take with me forever because it was, you know, it was a cool personal moment. And I think that actually transcended to, or I think that I think the fans picked up on that as well. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a cool moment. So I don't think there'll be any backlash or anything from it. It's just, you know. Is what it
0: is. (laughs) All right. Well, congratulations to Jamie and uh, Chaotic Wrestling on another successful Cold Fury. And, Brian, we also appeared last week, or appeared, uh, how do you say when you appeared somewhere but you're not uh, shown? (laughs) Uh, We were on the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company last week on the NAI Network. You can find it right here on the NAI Network feed. Uh, Fun time talking to Matt and Rob about all things professional wrestling. Sometimes we don't get into all the uh, minutiae and stuff of week-to-week, the uh, professional wrestling and wwe tv so it was fun to go and, and do that over there on the uh, nai network felt like we were on the firing squad
1: <laughs> just all these questions
0: <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a very fun time make sure you go check that out uh it came out last friday on this
1: feed there was that 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 uh there was that one moment where it was like the modified uh mary f kill game that that uh somebody (laughs) asked us and i I tried my hardest to to dodge that question (laughs) and you put me right on the spot (laughs) what about you kingpin (laughs) what say you kingpin (laughs) yeah and i was trying my damnedest to avoid you know answering that question (laughs) well
0: there's no getting away from it on the pipe bomb so make sure to check that out and uh our bda hosts were letting me slide and (laughs)
1: you being the dink that you are, you know, that's why I punched you in the eye and gave you that, that black eye,
0: (laughs) the BDA bonus podcast last week. Uh, a lot of good feedback from the worst entrance music of all time. Um, we talked about that last Thursday. Make sure uh, you check that out, because on Thursdays, we do new, unique content exclusively for BDA Radio, a different topic every week, voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. Plus, we do a weekly feedback segment, Merv Griffin Time, and we will induct another member into the prestigious He Laugh Hall of Fame each and every week, and you can get these BDA bonus episodes plus the first 38 episodes of this podcast on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed, on your favorite podcast platform, or you can visit bdaradio.com to get it all. Okay, Brian, as you know, and I have no problem admitting this, I love the dirt sheets. That's what some people call insider wrestling newsletters and news sites. It's what I do. Gotta check the dirt sheets. Love a good sheet. I've been knee-deep in this stuff since the day I found out they existed. You, not so much. So, with that in mind, I present to you the WPAN's most celebrated segment, America's Game. we the dirt sheet shuffled.
1: I will say you are, yeah, you are very, uh, uh, you might be waist high in these things at this point because <laughs> I saw a picture uh, online on Facebook uh, of a selfie uh, of your wife trying to take a picture with you, and there you are, just face buried in your phone, no, no doubt, no doubt, uh, scouring the internet for the latest uh, rumors of, of pro wrestling.
0: Actually, I think I was uh, conversing with you about when we were going to record. Yeah, is that what you were doing? Yes. Throwing the heat on me? Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian, you have done this eight times now, and your record has sunk to three and five. Three times you've been able to pick out the fake story, and five times I've been able to pull the wool right over your eyes. Now, Brian, we do it this way. Three news stories from the pro wrestling news sites, that's news with a Z, from around the internet. Which one of these three stories did not actually get reported? Of course, as we say here, it's not if it's true or not. It's which one did not get reported on these wacky news sites. Are you ready, Kingpin?
1: Ready as I'll ever be.
0: All right. Hold on, let me get
1: my phone. I can uh, can do quick Google searches. Uh, uh,
0: uh, uh, (laughs) Phone away, phone away. Okay, story number one. Pete Gas might not have grown up on the mean streets, Brian, but according to his new book, that's where he ended up. In his autobiography, Looking at the Lights, My Path from Fan to Wrestling Heel, the man born Pete Gasparino describes life after his WWE release where some extremely poor life decisions left him excommunicated from his family and living on the streets of New Haven, Connecticut in 2004. After three and a half months, it was his buddy Shane who got Pete off the mean streets and into the Shane O'Mac mansion. That is story number one. Initial thoughts?
1: Um, I mean, I know Pete Gass wrote a book, so I am aware of that, thanks to the Bruce Pritchard podcast. <laughs> yes. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know the content of that book, I haven't heard anything about content. So this could be another half truth uh, where you get me here.
0: Uh huh. Okay. Let's move on to story number two feed my ego the person left most angry and confused by the goldberg universal title win even more than each every fan on twitter may be the artist formerly known as ryback yep 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 he claims that the push of bill goldberg is an act of spite from vince mcmahon after his unceremonious exit from the company last summer without him the former Skip Sheffield says that Vince would have never fed them more of the man, Bill Goldberg.
1: I'm going to tell you right now, I hope that's the fake story.
0: <laughs> because
1: <laughs> that is the most absurd bullshit I've ever heard in my
0: life. <laughs> well, that is story number two, Brian. And finally, here we go with story number three. He's bringing a whole new meaning to rock out with your cock out former rocker Marty Jannetty says he's been offered $150,000 to star in three adult films he's conflicted because his family could see it but at the same time he'd quote get to tear up some beautiful bitches unquote will the former intercontinental champ be rocking and rolling fucking and groaning only time will tell (laughs)
1: this podcast just this podcast (laughs) just jumped the shark man (laughs) just taking a deep nosedive but we're still here we gotta figure well we're still here for this week
0: (laughs) All right, Brian that is story number three and what do you think story number one I'll review them for you story number one Peak Gas ended up on the mean streets of New Haven, Connecticut, until Shane O'Mac brought him back in and gave him a place to stay in the Shane O'Mac mansion. Number two, Ryback says that the push of Goldberg is out of spite from Vince McMahon after his exit last summer. And number three, Marty Gennetti said he's been offered to star in three adult films, and he hopes to tear up some beautiful bitches. <laughs> What do you think, Brian? Well, As always, talk me through it.
1: Well, I, 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 th- I think we we've come to an agreement that you're not going to do half stories anymore. Okay. So I feel pretty confident that that this it's not story number one. That that's okay. not not peak gas. I'm actually feeling really confident in this entire game this week uh, because I thought I did hear something this week about the Marty Janetti porn. Like I thought, I saw a few tweets uh, of people referencing Marty Gennetti in porn. I think I saw this. This could be just like my bra- my my brain playing tricks on me here after after hearing it. But number two just jumps out at me. Like even f- for Ryback, who I who I know has been pretty bitter, and I know like he has a podcast where he where he uh, just lets loose. But God, that sounds completely insane to me. That even he would, uh, you know, that he would say something. Um, like that about the Bill Goldberg title win uh, I know there were a lot of people upset but Jesus I can't imagine Ryback who I mean had a cup of coffee I guess he might have had a longer run than Bill Goldberg has had in professional wrestling I guess but I don't think anybody would argue the success of one versus the other even before this this run with Goldberg so Mike uh, as confident as I've ever been with this game I say number two is the fake story
0: you say story number two is the one that is completely made up. Ryback did not say that Goldberg's huge push in his current run in WWE was an act of spite from Vince McMahon.
1: Yes, and I feel, I feel
0: very confident about this one this week. All right, Brian, you say story number two, and Brian Malonis, the Kingpin, you are... Incorrect! Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Brian, yes. Number two, Ryback did on his podcast say that he, he theorized that this could be an act of spite from the chairman, Mr. McMahon. I'm curious which is, uh, which is fake here now. Well, story number three, Marty Janetti, starring in three adult films, he did post that. On Facebook, and he was worried that his family might see it. But then, of course, he could tear up some beautiful bitches. So, what the hell? It is story number one, Brian. Really? Okay. Pete Gas. I tried to do this. I because I know you. you talk about your? I know Todd Sopel also has accused <laughs> me of the half truths. But I tried to make this story not about the fact that he has an autobiography coming gotcha. out, All right. but about what's in the autobiography and yes yeah, so there is no truth whatsoever to the fact that pete gas had some bad life choices and ended up on the streets
1: i figured that was true just one because i knew the book and, and two because i figured pete gas's life especially in wrestling probably isn't all that friggin' entertaining <laughs> like so i was like oh maybe he did have some sort of crazy story happen happen yeah. to him that would spur him to say yeah my life story's pretty interesting otherwise i mean i don't know the book but pete gas sounds like he was upper middle class kid who got a wwe contract completely undeservingly uh, <laughs> <laughs> made lots of money from
0: wwe and then faded away <laughs> yeah well that is the false story pete gas is doing well he's got a book coming out and uh still rocking the sweater vest i'm so sure I back really said that yeah oh my god i don't know i mean i mean he's reported on the internet i'm not sure if the you know, I don't know. Well, he said it on,
1: Maybe he said it on his podcast. I have heard his podcast. Yeah, I don't. Quite, I don't know
0: uh, if, if if how the tone of his voice. You I, know I, I mean?
1: want actually want to admit this. Probably you probably got me to go listen to Ryback's podcast because that just sounds like some of the most insane bullshit yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, let's <laughs> we'll
0: we'll t- take a listen. It c- it could it could, it could I mean, have been taken out of context and sounds a lot worse than it is.
1: Can you Can you imagine Vince McMahon sitting there and saying, "You know how we're going to stick it to this guy that we released and didn't want anymore"? Uh, we're gonna find this uh, this this nobody Goldberg and give him a title run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Ryback. Jesus, about Pack.
1: yeah, yes. The, it's not a, it's not about uh, taking one of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling and giving him one last run and making some money off of him. It's it's about sticking it to Ryback. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Brian, you fall to three and six. I I have completely just befuddled you when it comes to the dirt cheat shuffle. <laughs> and uh you've you've got a quite a hole to dig out of,
1: and i yeah I felt confident in that one
0: you did you did, but uh once again, I am your winner, and as you say, with the victor come the spoils, so there's only one way to close this segment. <clears throat> Where do the dirt sheets shuffled? <laughs> I'm
1: so destroyed, Mike, that uh, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to do the rest of this podcast by yourself this week.
0: Oh, good gravy! <laughs> um, you won. The
1: to the victor goes to spoils.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, uh, when it comes to uh, our main topic of the day, working with the stars, I think you probably uh, have a little more experience in that department than the uh, the lowly referee who's just like told, uh, "Hey, here's the finished kid." Uh so hopefully you'll stick around for a little bit and uh
1: well I mean I'm a star myself so I mean I guess I could just tell stories <laughs> about myself right
0: You sure can uh, um <laughs> so we want your feedback uh, let us know what you thought of this week's dirt sheet shuffle Every Thursday on our BDA bonus podcast we do something called Merv Griffin Time a talk back segment where we interact with you the listener so tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode. If you agree or disagree with our thoughts, uh, all the stuff about Paige and everything else, tweet us especially if you have questions you'd like me or the Kingpin to address. And use that hashtag WPAN so you can find it easily. And we'll mention you in your tweets this Thursday on the BDA bonus episode on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing podcast feed. And you can interact with us right here on the NAI Network through our voicemail line. Since we moved this podcast to the NAI Network, the voicemails have not exactly been flowing. So we announced last week we're having a contest, Brian. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN and contribute to the wrestling podcast about nothing. A question, a comment, an insult, a song, an impression, anything you have, the best voicemail left for us before April 17th will be rewarded with our brand new Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt, which, by the way, is now available on ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. So make sure to call 401 401- 584-9726 right now and leave us something funny, interesting, informative, or thought-provoking, and you can win an official Wrestling Podcast About Nothing t-shirt. We want your voicemails. Call us right now. You can win a t-shirt. It's lovely. It's fashionable. Get your WPAN t-shirt just by calling and leaving a voicemail for us on the WPAN.
1: Okay, Brian. Yeah, John, John Morse is, is pretty confident that you're going to cook the books for him again, so he threw you right under the bus.
0: Well, uh, I, mean, I I never I never cooked the books for him. He is he was a rightful and deserving winner by random draw. This one will not be by random draw, Brian. We'll be judging the calls and giving the most deserving call a t-shirt. So I mean, I guess if John Morris has the most interesting or funny or creative voicemail it will go to him
1: or you'll just delete all the other voicemails and won't let me hear them <laughs> and just all, oh john's the only one that entered no 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 no, no, no.
0: <laughs> please get your voicemails in folks okay let's talk about our run-ins with the stars of wrestling brian but before we get into that let's talk about our sponsor people ask me what do you mean bdaradio.com what does the bda stand for billy don't like asses well, the the like, forget about the, that L. It's just B-D-A. <laughs> yes, Brian, in a recent interview, badass Billy Gunn proclaimed his utter apathy for the human buttocks. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm, st- I'm stuck in dirt sheet shuffle mode here, Brian. There was no interview. We know what Billy Gunn is. He is an ass man, and don't you ever forget about it. So we know what BDA Radio really stands for, and that's the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDAradio.com and check out all the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. You'll love to lick them, and you're going to stick them At (laughs) BDARadio.com. That's perverse. (laughs) It sure as hell is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was completely stuck in uh, the dirt sheet shuffle frame of mind there. So uh, forgive me. All right, Brian. We are not only the curtain jerkers. We are the name droppers. (laughs) And uh, every now and again, we got the opportunity to work with a former WWE slash WWF star, WCW star. And I think some interesting stories came out of those interactions, I'm sure, Brian. And uh, you have had the opportunity to work with uh, a number of stars. The first time I remember being around a star is actually before I was ever a referee. I would go to all these uh, Killer Kowalski shows in Massachusetts. He ran independent shows. They drew very well. We talked about this briefly on the Pipe Bomb this past weekend, how I was uh, going around and... uh, just kind of being a hanger on
1: carrying bags. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs>
0: and uh, the first thing I remember, uh, just a funny little thing. I might have even mentioned this before on the podcast, but the honky tonk man was on a lot of these shows with killer Kowalski. And I remember uh, he was actually in the WWF at the time. They were doing the whole thing where he was finding someone to manage, and it turned out being Rockabilly. Speaking of Billy Gunn, <laughs> who we just mentioned here, Rockabilly was the uh, the person who ended up being the Hockey Talk Man's protege, and Hockey Talk Man wasn't very fond of the whole thing. And um, I remember someone yelling out to the Hockey Talk Man, "Hey, hey, where's Rockabilly? Where's Rockabilly?" And Hockey Talk Man just responded, like in like a split second, just uh, right off the cuff. He's doing jobs. <laughs> 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 yeah, so the the Rockefeller experiment didn't really go too well, but that was my first opportunity uh, to be around a former WWF star in uh, independent wrestling. Uh, Brian, what was your first?
1: Well, I, I was doing like the uh, in MWF shows, and they always had quite a few names on them. I mean. Some Iron Sheik stories that I won't really tell. <laughs> I'm not really willing to tell on this some
0: uh, backstage. Uh...
1: Yeah, some shenanigans with the Iron Sheik that I was witness to. Um, I mean, use your imagination. But I'm, I mean, this is years ago, and I think the Iron Sheik is in a better place now. It's it seems.
0: I think so. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, I mean, use your imagination. There's some crazy Iron Sheik stories. Uh, but the first one where I actually like worked with uh, a name was a uh, was a tag team match. Uh, it was myself uh at gino martino okay and the ugandan giant kamala why not <laughs> yes, three
0: guys th- that you just think would hang out every now and again just you know so they're why wouldn't they <laughs> be good enough friends to be a six-man tag team <laughs>
1: yes taking on uh the young tag team of beau douglas yes todd hansen oh my goodness yes now known as warbeard hansen and uh the ace cowboy bob orton <laughs> um
0: Speaking of uh, Warbeard Hanson, I mean, if we had him on this podcast, this would be like a four-hour podcast <laughs> because uh, that's kind of the uh, the, the story, the uh, joke that we always had that anytime someone in chaotic wrestling came in, a star from the past he would automatically be slotted to work with uh, Todd.
1: Yes, yes. Now, now it's uh, the that moved on to Fury and now Chase. <laughs> oh, okay, chaotic. so I never quite I never quite got that uh, that spot. in chaotic. Well, just just the one, just that
0: one, that one time, Brian, where something kind of magical happened. But uh.
1: yeah, yeah. But that was only well, we can tell that story too about how it was, the main event was supposed to be Hanson versus Rick Fuller, and then Todd wanted to wrestle Eugene instead, so he talked to Jamie (laughs) and got the match changed and I went to that main event spot uh, with Fuller and I was the champion at the time and yada 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 I got to be in the ring with Vince McMahon and And John Cena Cena, Yeah, that video
0: kind of got out there again this past week on Facebook
1: yeah every like couple months like somebody new kind of discovers it and throws it up and then I get a bunch of questions about it I actually just did an interview um, with Steel Chair Magazine and they're like yeah like a print magazine and plug us um, I, I don't know I don't I don't know if I did or not. (laughs) 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 He just sent me like a list of questions, and I and I just answered. I answered the questions, and it was about like the top prospect tournament. But one of the questions was about the uh, Vincent Cena video. Uh, the, the magazine is um it's i think it's i don't think it's in print in the u.s i think there's an online version and but i think it's in it's, i think it's actually a uk wrestling magazine okay um so uh yeah if you're in the uk and listen to us look out for uh steel chair <laughs> chair magazine with an interview with yours truly um
0: all right back to the six-man tag yes, i took to you way the, off the, track. yeah
1: yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> so yeah six let's reset it back up myself gino martino and kamala versus Bo Douglas Warbeard Hansen before before the Warbeard he was just known as Todd Hanson, and uh Cowboy Bob Orton before the match it was pretty apparent that Kamala and Bob Orton didn't want to do a whole bunch uh, I mean that, and that's <laughs> kind
0: of you know they're they're older gentlemen yes. I mean you don't expect them to be bumping around like uh, no.
1: like youngsters No we're in a we're in the back and, and this is in like a high school and Bob Orton's smoking a cigarette in the in the <laughs> locker room in high school and I don't bump and just kind of telling the four of us to basically do whatever the hell <laughs> we want. I did blow a spot with him during the match. Uh-oh, what happened? I called shoot reverse, but I didn't want him to reverse. <laughs> really? I don't know why I called shoot reverse. And then he said to Todd after the match, I don't think that big fella meant to say reverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the match was as good as you'd probably expect. Uh, Very good? Oh, it was something. <laughs> uh, it was really something. And... Uh, I think kamala turned baby face by beating up gino martino and <laughs> gino told me told me get out of the ring because i was ruining his spot with some quick kamala <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure you were so i just got out of the ring and watched him and kamala fight <laughs> and uh I was wearing, uh, I think I was wearing pantyhose in this. Maybe I had a mask during this one. <laughs> I might have had a, ma- I might have had a mask by this point. Yeah, we did talk about. Yeah, this. I was under. Yeah, I was, I was not Brian Malonus. I was, I was the uh, Oxbaker's executioner, and that was before I was even. I later on became Oxbaker's executioner, Brian Malonis. But I wasn't Brian Malone at all. I was just Oxbaker's executioner. But I'm pretty sure I had a mask by this point.
0: And let's just say that you are uh, Oxbaker's charge, the yes, executioner. You're yes. not no, the I, executioner yeah, I, of... I didn't
1: kill Oxbaker. Okay, thank you. No. <laughs> thank you. No, I, uh, yes. I, uh, he, he owned my contract.
0: Thank you. There you go.
1: <laughs> and uh, I guess the funniest thing that came out of all this was after the match in the locker room or whatever, and walk by the shower area, <laughs> there's Kamala. And there's Bob Orton letting the hot water run on him while in the shower smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bull Montana. So the three of them just showering together. I walked by. I was going to go take a shower and I promptly did a 180 <laughs> and got myself right out of there. And I went home stinky. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: talent though. Smoking in the...
1: you just, you just standing there like head lean forward, <laughs> like letting it like run on like like his back or whatever and just the cigarette in his mouth just puffing away <laughs> that's like
0: kramer drinking a beer while smoking a cigarette <laughs> yes it takes a lot of um, talent
1: but all i know is well i'll just i'm not doing i'm not taking a shower with uh bob orton and kamala and Bo montana <laughs> <laughs> come on they, they get your back for you <laughs> no no i turned right around and uh you know the deal sometimes you're very intimidated especially at that point i mean this is you're talking i'm pretty early on in wrestling i'm like yeah. two or three years in, maybe at this point so I don't know. I'm scared out of my friggin' mind. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? let's
0: let's talk about that a little. How do you approach uh, when you here? You're working with like, one of these guys that's you know spent a long time in WWF and stuff like that. How do you approach these guys to talk to them about your match? How does that usually go down? Well, no, it's
1: different. I mean,
0: I mean the first thing, just out of
1: respect. I mean, just hey, ask them what they what they want to do. Right. You know, because it's really gonna, They're going to dictate whether or not. Cause sometimes you, you, you get these guys and they don't really want to wrestle you know they just want to get through it and then other times you get guys who really want to go out there and and put on a show and really have a match um at that point i was i didn't say a word that entire time but you know the way todd is todd like (laughs) this was definitely all about like putting stuff together and whatever but i I just i didn't say a word like i was just especially at that point i was scared out of my mind i mean now it's completely different like i wrestled uh, tatanka Geez, a year and a half ago, maybe maybe two years ago. At Those this at point. That was
0: uh, that ill-fated Boston <laughs> Marathon.
1: <laughs> yes, the infamous yeah. uh, Boston Pro Wrestling Marathon. I'm you know, talking out with him and he really wanted to he really wanted to go. He really wanted to have a good match. So this match is on my on my YouTube channel. But he really wanted to wrestle and he kinda is telling me like, hey, I'm a bull, you know, make sure, you know, don't 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 feel like you have to go extra light with me or whatever and was, uh, but of course, like I was like I get in the ring and I'm being i'm being light with him and, yeah. and until he is on like he's mounted on top of me giving me the tomahawk chops to the head about as hard as anybody's ever hit me in a ring <laughs> and i was just like fuck that and so i just gave it right back to him tomahawk chops to his head no no oh, okay. i just laid everything in from, right. from that point like it was like well fucking hey he said he wanted it and you know the hell with it <laughs> like,
0: yeah i remember one of my first shows with chaotic it was um, chris harvard the later Chris Nowinski, who's now a, a huge advocate for uh, you know preventing concussions. And he was working with Superfly Jimmy Snuka. It might have been like my second show for Chaotic. And I just remember how light Chris was hitting uh, Jimmy Snuka with those <laughs> forearms in the back.
1: Let me guess the match started with Snuka's boot on the, uh, on the middle rope with his back turned. <laughs> the standard Jimmy <laughs> Snuka match. Hey, which, I yes. saying, that's not just like a standard indie Jimmy Snuka match because I've seen several uh, Jimmy Snuka matches on the WWE Network where he starts the very same
0: way. Yeah, it's it's where he's <laughs> he puts his uh foot on the buckle and he's pulling up his knee pad or whatnot and the heel attacks him from behind. Yeah, yes. that is. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about the standard uh, Tony Atlas match, Brian.
1: Oh, oh the spot, the standard <laughs> Tony. Yes, Atlas. the standard hip,
0: hip toss, hip toss, big slam. <laughs> yes, you can see this in, in the uh, I'm a professional wrestler true true life mtv special Uh, he called that with me a couple times (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's some of these guys they have these these standard procedures these standard spots that they kind of go to every match
1: speaking of spots i blew my own spots bob wharton and kamala weren't the first names i worked with now that you say that it was tony Uh atlas there you go (laughs) my memory is foggy because again you're talking about this was Boy, I was I hadn't even been working shows a year yet when I worked Tony Atlas. Yeah. And this was like in Bridgeton, Maine. It it snowed the night before. I thought he would cancel the show, but he didn't. There were like eight people in the crowd. Uh, and then he didn't talk to me the entire time. And then right before we go, he goes, Oh, kid, we didn't call anything
0: <laughs> <laughs> And you were just like quick in your time. Yeah, and time. he's like
1: laughing. He's yeah, laughing because Tony Atlas has had the same match for the last 25 years of work in the independence <laughs> and it's ironic that later on like years later when i went to tv and tony alice was managing mark henry at the time and he rolled around with me in the afternoon and was taking bumps for me uh he he did more work that day with me in front of agents and other talent uh, than he than he did in the matches i worked with him so and
0: that's that's a great thing and there's nothing wrong with these guys brian That are just kind of uh they have their spots that they like to call. I mean, they've earned their stripes uh, for years and years and years in wrestling. And yeah, a lot
1: of these older guys, nobody's there to see them actually freaking care about them having a good match. It's just nostalgia and seeing them. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, the, none of these guys are going to break their neck. But, like, you do run into guys who want to wrestle, though. And Tamarotti, at least with, around here locally, is, is a controversial sort of guy. Millennium Wrestling Federation. Yeah, Millennium Wrestling Federation. But Dan always treated me well. Uh, He's always been great to me. And that's how I judge people, it's how they've treated me. Dan has always been great for me. I would actually consider Dan a friend. And he did put me in and give me the opportunity to work with a lot of, um, for as long as I I was around chaotic and stuff, as many cool opportunities, I probably got my most opportunities to work with, you know, names in, in the wrestling business you know of the past from from dan that that's kind of an aside but i was talking about older wrestlers who still like to actually go and one of them was bushwhacker luke yeah now bushwhacker luke that's probably about uh, my, my dad has since passed but they're both i think they're pretty much i think they're like legitimately like the same age like <laughs> and so this was a few years back before my you know before my dad passed away so i'm um, here i am on um, my thought i'm like oh, this guy's the same age as my father like he's not gonna want to do anything but no he wanted to take bumps from me and I <laughs> uh, slammed him a couple times, and I think I dropped an elbow on him. And Wait, when you slammed him, did he... Uh... <laughs> well, is, uh, there's the famous spot with... Uh...
0: WrestleMania 5, <laughs> yeah, the Bushwhackers versus the Rougeau brothers. Go look this up on uh, <laughs> WWE Network. One of the Bushwhackers gets body slammed. Bushwhacker Luke. <laughs> he gets, yes, yeah. he gets body slammed by Jacques Rougeau. And... When he goes up for the slam, y- notice the placement of his hands. He rubs his pickle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to just kind of uh, delicately uh, work around it. No, but
1: no, no. Go right into it. Uh, his l- hand,
0: yeah, vici- uh, 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 v- vigorously, vigorously <laughs> rubs the crotchular region. Of the of Jacques Rougeau. This for you.
1: This for you, Todd. <laughs> and, and
0: I remember watching this as a child and being perplexed and <laughs> and and weirded out. And this was never explained to me. This is stuck with me year upon year, year after year. And you mentioned Todd Sinclair. Uh, he would spent some time in a car with Bushwacker Luke, and I begged him to ask him about <laughs> WrestleMania Five and rubbing Jacques' dick. <laughs> But he refused to bring it up. He he couldn't. He was too uncomfortable to bring that up. <laughs> I, I
1: think he's the first person I ever heard mention it. And I because I, I didn't. I never. I never realized it or saw it. And I'd probably seen that match. You know, I don't know how many times. But I, I did have to report back to Todd. If when I body slammed him, <laughs> if, he, <laughs> if he rubbed my pickle. And he did not. He did not. He did not. Well, so. <laughs> well, goodness gra-
0: well thank goodness for that.
1: And if we didn't send everybody away with that Marty Janetti story, <laughs> they're gone now. <laughs>
0: then they're gone to the network to this, look up
1: the this match. Been an insane episode. <laughs> but, uh, but to the point of, I mean, here's a guy who was at the time 66 years old or whatever and still wanted to take bumps and still wanted to wrestle a match. So, yeah. um You know, it goes both ways with these guys, and sometimes they want to really wrestle, and sometimes
0: they don't. (laughs) Yeah, King Kong Bundy, Really early on in my career, I had a match with, I didn't have a match with King Kong Bundy, I refereed a match with Bundy against Joel Davis. I'm not sure, I remember talking about this somewhere. Um, I'm not sure if it was on this podcast or not, but uh, at one point, Joel Davis was chopping King Kong Bundy in the corner, repeatedly, 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 and I'm right in there, of course, counting to get him out of the corner, and Bundy's like, you chop me one more time, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) And and Joel Davis (laughs) continued to chop him. I don't know, he was in the zone or something. (laughs) He was just in a fog, and just continually chopping him. And I think he's been in the fog
1: for the last 25 (laughs) years. (laughs) A
0: a good fella, Joel Davis, doing a lot for the kids, but uh, he... Bundy went bananas and just laying in sh- like the, you know you talk about the guy who just wants to go in there and have a decent match and and get his stuff in Bundy usually
1: Bundy did that in WWF
0: (laughs) Bundy's usually that way but this just kind of set him uh, he I remember him dropping a knee drop really stiff on Joel Davis and pinning him with his knee like full weight pressed against the side of his face (laughs) and yeah it's that's a night that it didn't quite go well it didn't quite go as planned uh, but yeah it kind of reminds you that these stars I mean as much as they like to go out there and have fun for the people the you still have to kind of tiptoe and and yeah. uh, <laughs> watch your, mind yourself in the ring i was
1: know. on a show with king kong bundy where he wrestled in like ten dollar velcro sneakers? walmart sneakers yep, yeah more singlet and had his sneakers on
0: i never really figured out why that was but yeah i guess
1: he just got tired of Tying his boots, I'm guessing. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean there is. I mean there is a measure of some of these guys go out there and just mail it in, and they're just there to collect a paycheck, and they don't even give a shit about the fans or the promotion or anything. There is it. Being full disclosure, there is a measure of that. There is a measure of guys who get released or whatever and they just want to go collect whatever it is that they're going to get paid and get in and out and they don't really care and uh, you hear about negative interactions and things like that uh, the one exception to that is the guy who was on cold fury I, I think I think he's
0: more than one exception Brian th-
1: there's more than one exception, but I, I, I don't I haven't seen anybody do it this what this guy's doing we're talking about Cody Ro- I'm talking about Cody Rhodes of course right who left WWE and decided he was going to go make himself into the biggest non contracted wwe superstar in the world which he has freaking done Mm -hmm. um and he's just having unbelievable matches on every continent in the world and i know they're on bad terms now but time as we've seen in wrestling time tends to heal all wounds and cody Rhodes is going to go back to wwe someday and get an incredible contract and be at the top of their cards because he has made himself um he was doing a character he hated in stardust Took his release and said, "I'm going to go make myself into the biggest star in the world," and that's pretty much what he's what he's done because he goes out there and works his ass off. So he works
0: work. for ROH and TNA at the same time. Yeah, and then, <laughs> but you see,
1: I mean, he's done pro wrestling, Gorilla. He's been to New Japan, right? Y- all over Europe, uh, WXW in Germany. He just did their their big sixteen-carat tournament, um, uh, and
0: every indie from yeah there.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just he's killing it. He's freaking crushing it right now and that's how if you're gonna leave there that's how you do it man that is how you do it and he's gonna go back there someday and just i think he's gonna be a main event star when he goes back there i really do just unbelievable but there are as a measure of some of the guys just well just go collect whatever it is they get paid you know and, and usually those guys
0: that. come back once and you don't bring them back again but a guy like cody Rhodes, yeah. i mean he's coming back again for another chaotic wrestling show they keep bringing him back and keep bringing him back because he adds value to the show
1: yeah and not, not only value in, in in his name and drawing people but you're gonna put him in there he's gonna have potentially the best match on the show and yeah you know he's gonna go out there and crush it <laughs> like that's that's how you do it man
0: you talking about guys who have just recently left WWF and stuff like that. I actually worked with guys that were in WWE at the time. The well,
1: Excuse me. Well,
0: part, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Rumble in the late 90s actually had uh, contacts with uh, Kevin Kelly and Jim Cornette who were working with WWF and they did like joint shows where they had actual WWF talent on them. I think I talked about the Road Dog before um, being in the ring as Road Dog is doing his ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls whole thing, like in the height of DX. It was like kind of a surreal moment to be in the ring for that.
1: I think what we all want to know, Mike, is did you roll that dog a bone?
0: <laughs> I, I did not i did not I, I, I can't speak for everyone in the locker room but it was i was not a part of any uh chicanery backstage but uh i actually did a match between test and the big boss man uh and big boss man was managed by jim Cornette. kind of a throwback to jim Cornette and big bubba rogers in uh, the nwa uh, a little shout out to mike mills of the book and territory podcast there but uh that match was uh if Test could beat the big boss man, he would get five minutes with Jim Cornette in the ring. And uh, it was a whole thing. It was a lot of fun. Test won, of course. And then very quickly... Uh, Jim Cornette bumped on this independent show. It's crazy. Like Jim Cornette, like he, he has felt right since he fell from a scaffold in Jim Crockett Promotions in like the mid '80s. But he was taking a bump on this independent show in front of you know a thousand people at this uh, high school gym, and you know uh, test pinned him, and it was a whole thing. But uh, what an amazing thing! I remember uh, I was still uh, getting the finish from Cornette and Boss Man when Boss Man's music started. So I'm running out to the ring, basically. To Big Boss Man's music, <laughs> like din it, din it. remember his, his you know, yeah, it's, and, not, it's not. Did you ever take a trip? No, 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 no. It was it was the the uh, minister when he was. You know, I think it might have been before he was in the ministry, but it was that era of the Big Boss Man where we wore the full black uh, yeah. f- suit there. But yeah, that was another just surreal memory, just um, being a part of something that was actually like the biggest period of professional wrestling and kind of having a small very tiny connection to that is uh, uh with tony rumbles promotion nwa new england
1: yeah that's, that's amazing i mean uh throwing out another thing out there you know you got paul bearer who uh yeah. he's managed the undertaker he has he's managed kane okay he's also managed the kingpin brian malonez whoa
0: How about are, you, that? Are, you, huh? are you related
1: uh you know it might be it might be a half brother to the brothers of destruction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, um so that w- that was really cool to be seconded by Paul Bearer. Uh you know, that's I don't know. That's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool one. It's <laughs> to kind of have.
0: A- eclectic personality? He he, he was amazing. <laughs> I
1: loved it. just like listening to him, you know. He was some of these guys too aren't. Some of them are friendly, some of them aren't. You <laughs> know, some of them Right want to hang out and tell stories and, some and want to keep to themselves. And some of them want to be in their own locker room and, and don't want to be bothered. I will say this. I've tended to find that um, the more important the person's career probably was, the more personable they've tended to be. And that's not an absolute, but I have found it to be the, the bigger name that the person was, the nicer they, they tended to to be. And again, there's always exceptions both ways, but uh, I've run to some people who were lower on the card sort of guys who got released and did independence and maybe they weren't so, maybe they weren't so nice or personable or...
0: So you talking about Virgil?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not talking about, I don't know if I've ever interacted with Virgil. I was going to
0: ask, ask <laughs> you had he run-ins with the... Uh... Oh, yes, I
1: did. Yes, I did. Uh, I was on a sh- this is years ago. He was, he had, Boy, he might have just gotten released. Uh, Well, WCW was was just ended. He was decked out in like the NWO, right? Uh, Still riding that coattail, yeah, and was announced as as Vincent. Um, (laughs) You know, the NWO was over. I'm pretty sure the sale had already taken place at this point. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he was still you know riding off the coattails of uh, the NWO. But I I don't, I don't, I don't remember him. You know, other than hello and goodbye, he seemed like nice enough or whatever. Um,
0: Did he try to sell you a picture? (laughs)
1: <laughs> no i don 't think no. he was quite to the level he was. He is now with uh
0: go to LonelyVirgil.net. dot net it 's a fun website or just
1: follow him on twitter <laughs> <laughs> he 's amazing uh, he was making that fuck money <laughs> yes he is <laughs> um, but Paul Barrow was just such a super nice guy um one of my kind of my favorite backstage stories was this is the when you talk about like the surreal like this is fake life sort of stuff mm-hmm. it was Tony Atlas and and the, and, and it, they were okay with, there was a group of us all just sitting there but it was tony atlas talking to paul barra and then just kind of they brought us into the conversation but it was tony giving a firsthand account of the murder of bruce brody and like how that went down like in puerto rico yeah in puerto rico like how that went down in the locker room that night uh the reason like the paramedics couldn't get there and you know in time to save him atlas would who would have been a key witness against um i forget the name of the man who the murdered invader bruce, jose yeah. Um, I can't remember his last but, name. But uh, you know, he was uh, instructed by a couple of people: don't even go back to your hotel room; just go straight to the airport, and which he did, and got himself out of there. And then they wanted to they they subpoenaed him to try to come back and testify, and he was advised not to go, just because people advised him that no, they're gonna they'll they'll kill you too <laughs> to to protect him. Yeah. Um, but just like hearing the firsthand, account, you've always heard of this story or whatever. But hearing these two legends in the business, and they're again, they're telling us the story. They're they're talking about it. It's not like we were just like eavesdropping on it. Like that's like fake life sort of yeah. sort of stuff. And just like I was like captivated. I was like a little, I was like a little kid or whatever, just listening to this. Um, you know, it's an unfortunate event, but now it's just it's wrestling lore at at this point. Uh, the the murder of Bruiser Brody in the locker room in Puerto Rico. But to hear a first hand account of it, it was just incredible, and that's the type of stuff I mean I mean the the one we're really missing here, Mike a, is Walter. I mean, just yeah. the amount of time we have spent with Walter kowalski uh, and just listening, I mean, the man was a living you know while he was living was a living pro wrestling history book if you get these if you if you're around these guys who who are willing to be friendly and tell stories and stuff, you know, take advantage of it because.
0: Yeah, even if you're a fan and and they're out yeah. there trying to sell a picture or something like that, ask them a question. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can really get you can really get great stuff, and and there are stories I won't share that have been shared with me. Yeah. um but you know, um, but yeah, it's just great. Um, I mean some of them are really really great guys. I mean, some of the nicer ones I've come Teddy Long, you know, Teddy Long recently I, I saw I was on shows like back to back nights with him and he he didn't realize it was on the second show and actually approached me the second night to tell me, you know, to want uh, to give me feedback from the night before and then and then on that second night I sent he had me send him the match and then we actually had a phone conversation where he gave me feedback and was helping me out. So that but that's somebody who like I mean Teddy Long I mean, Teddy Long's going on the, the freaking Hall of Fame this year. Uh, you get guys like that who are incredible, who are willing to give back to the business. And, you are a player. Yeah. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um, but for him to take, you know, an hour, you know, well, I mean, 20 minutes or, you know, probably 10 minutes to watch the match and yeah. then an hour of, out of his day to give me a call and have a phone conversation with me and give me some advice, I mean, that's awesome. Teddy Long doesn't have to do that. He does, you yeah, know, like, right. nobody has to do that, but especially a guy like Teddy Long, who's accomplished, he's accomplished in wrestling. Like, um, so you run into guys like that. So if you're if you're a guy if you're a wrestler listening to this, take advantage of that stuff. You know, if you're a fan, yeah, approach these guys, ask questions. Some of them love it. Some of them uh, want to tell these stories that they, they, they want to relive the days of, of you know their glory days, so to speak. They yeah. love talking about it. Some of them don't, <laughs> you yeah. know, but some of them do. So so when you get that opportunity, take it. Especially if you whether you're in the business or a fan, if you just love pro wrestling. Just listen and learn and love it because yeah. those are the moments that, that make it great.
0: Speaking about telling stories, I mean, one of the strangest opportunities that I had in professional wrestling um, was I got a call um, like on a Friday afternoon, I think, and I was told, all right, we need a referee and a ring bell for a comedy show. <laughs> uh, pardon <laughs> what uh, yeah okay so we need, we need a referee and we need to get a ring bell and I want you to go to this hotel that has a comedy club in it and I said okay and uh, Mick Foley was starting his run doing comedy and apparently this last minute harebrained scheme was you know they want to get the wrestling feel to this comedy show as much as they can so they want to have a referee there Okay, so I took the drive out and and at first i actually I stopped at, at the chaotic training center. Uh, I got a key to the c t c and got the ring bell and then I was on my way to this hotel i I think maybe it was in the Worcester area. I'm not quite sure, but um I arrived i called um, the the contact number that I had, and it was this guy who went by the name Joe Schmo. He was a guy who worked in California uh, as like a producer, a writer, and he ended up actually after this going to WWE. He's the guy, if you remember, they did a segment with, I believe, Ted DiBiase Jr., where he pulled his eye out, if you remember this segment, oh, on, remember this sec- remember this segment <laughs> on Raw, yeah, th- this guy had had a glass eye, and at one point he was paid by Ted DiBiase Jr. to pull his eye out and show it to the people, and that's what he did. This is because he was on the writing staff at the time for WWF, but this is before all that. So this guy, Joe Schmo, came down and got me uh, in the lobby and brought me up to a room, and in this room was Mick Foley and Bruce Prichard, who was actually opening up for... McFoley on this night, so it's a little surreal. Just this little hotel room. I walk in, and there's McFoley sitting over there. There's Brother Love sitting over here. <laughs> I go and shake both their hands. Hello, how are you? I met McFoley a couple times on different shows. By the way, one of the great guys, uh, fitting into your theory of the bigger star they were, the nicer they are. Uh, that's McFoley to a T. He's done. Uh, he did a charity show in Fall River once, not paid a dime for it, and you know, came. He drove up from. Long Island to do the show and uh, refereed the main event and you know gave feedback to people and stuff like that. He's a, a tremendous guy. So I, I, my thing is, I never think anyone remembers me, so I always say, nice to meet you, even though I've met a guy three or four times. I don't think anyone's ever called me on it, because, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm did, just a I referee. The, I do the same thing. Yeah, okay. so And, and Bruce Pritchard as well. And just kind of sitting in that hotel room, and Joe Schmo, the, the guy there, Joe, I, I, his last name begins with an F. I should have really had that. I'm sorry about that. He's since uh, passed away. He was uh, firing questions at Bruce and Mick, and I was kind of getting like a little shoot interview in front of my eyes, like kind of a preview to the (laughs) Bruce Pritchard podcast. Uh, And it was really cool. And, of course, I'm just sitting there like not really saying much as – When I'm not on this podcast, that's usually my role. It's just kind (laughs) of sit back and not say much. Uh, But uh, the whole thing was uh, they had... I picture you sitting there, by the way, just
1: perspiring, (laughs) (laughs) sweating bullets.
0: Perhaps, maybe. Uh, So there's a a kind of a lighthouse for the uh, comedy shows. This thing wasn't promoted very well, so there weren't a lot of people there. Uh, And my whole role was to... Before the uh, Mick's comedy set was to begin, I was going to go up there and check him for weapons. I was going to check Mick Foley <laughs> for international objects. Oh, goodness. And I did so, and then I called for the bell, which, you know, we have the ring bell there I had brought. So the bell is, I call for the bell, and the bell rings, and then Mick begins his set. Did and you leave immediately afterwards? <laughs> no, because after his set, I had to go up there call for the bell again and raise mick's arm <laughs> <laughs> and i have a photo of this we'll post at the wpn i've never heard this
1: story before no, no.
0: at the wpn on twitter i'll post the photo of myself holding mick foley's arm up after the comedy show uh but it was a lot of fun i of course in between i wasn't doing anything so i was sitting in the back and just listening to the stories that's the first time i heard bruce pritchard's story about uh, dusty Roth being the second most recognizable athlete <laughs> in in the world today. But uh yeah, that's uh it was a wacky, strange evening. And uh, you know, I got a couple bucks for going there. And they actually did another one uh in a theater not too long after that, and it was Mick Foley and Bruce Pritchard again. And this one, uh I never got paid.
1: You got a call back though.
0: I did get called back <laughs> and they said, Okay, the the guy will have your pay there. I think Joey Eastman, who I don't know if he uh, is listening to this right now. He has listened to the wrestling podcast about nothing before, but he was kind of the point man there. The the guy in charge wasn't there, and he said, "Oh, I don't I don't have your pay. Uh, you know, you got to talk to this guy over here who has the pay." and I talked to them and I was kind of ignored, and uh, I never got my payday for that second time. So and
1: I'm sure. I'm sure you made a big stink about it, right? You you demanded to be paid, and
0: well, I mean, I I emailed the guy a couple times, and I talked to another friend who was a, a contact of this gentleman, and said, "Hey, what what's the deal?" He said, "Oh, you you weren't paid for that, and I'll, I'll check into it." But nothing ever came of it. I mean, it's not a ton of money. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the loss. It was a fun experience, but. Uh, You'll, you'll
1: never work for McFoley again I what will. you're saying <laughs> yes <laughs> McFoley calls you for another one of his comedy shows Mike, Mike Crockett's not going is what you're saying
0: well yes I, th- I think since <laughs> this uh, kind of failed experiment they retooled it and it was more of a question and answer kind of thing where he just sits and talks about his experiences it's not so much a comedy show I remember Mick uh, doing like jokes so, like talking about baseball and stuff like that and uh, some of that I think was taken out of the act and it, was, it ended up being all about uh, his wrestling experiences the
1: crowd was like uh like the one when jerry's in prison on the final episode of seinfeld (laughs) (laughs) i will shank you
0: (laughs) so you have i think you have uh, a story right uh before we wrap this up about uh one uh person who's coming to get you
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah uh so I, I wrestled uh, again for the MWF. Um, right. Uh, I wrestled. I wow, they
0: getting tons of plugs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's I mean that's where I did most of my work with with names in the business. Um, I, I was scheduled to wrestle the Boogeyman. Um, <laughs> so um, it was at the Melrose Memorial Hall, which is like like so the the locker room is like so it's like the stage, and then there's like an upstairs little room, um, very small room. So the Boogeyman was up there and was actually like washing his worms and cleaning his worms. <laughs> okay. So he was very forthcoming with I'm not a very good wrestler, I am all character, you know, and told me he was going to lean I uh, asked me how long I've been wrestling. I told him at that point it was probably t- 11 or 12 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he told me he was going to lean on me you know and right. that my reactions were everything in this match and then so we talked through what we were going to do it was going to be a very quick ma- quick match and then he starts talking about how he's going to you know do the worm thing with me and I said um I I'm not comfortable with with you <laughs> spitting worms in my mouth And he goes oh what and I go I go I'm not I'm I I'm I, I'm not eating worms <laughs> like I, I'm not doing that um
0: now was this brought up to you before this <laughs> evening this night,
1: I, I, I it was kind of presumed. I think uh, you know, and I. And so I, no
0: one ever like Dan Marotti never came. No, to No, nobody
1: told me I was gonna have to eat worms. I think it was just, hey, you're working with a boogeyman, so it probably just presumed. Um, so we had kind of had a discussion on you know what I was being paid. <laughs> and uh right. and the boogeyman was quite shocked because I don't think the boogeyman ever was like an independent guy. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I don't think he realized what the pay of independent wrestlers were. Not again, not to say that Dan treated me poorly or whatever.
0: That was the going rate. Basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and I just was like, I, I I just was very honest with him. I'm like, it's I think it's disgusting and I'll probably throw up on you. And I I I am not eating worms. <laughs> so I said, I am comfortable with you spitting them on me. You know, um, I said, even I'm even comfortable if you want to spit them on my face. I said, I just do not want them in my mouth. Um, so we had the match and uh, after so How'd the we, go, it went fine. Uh, I mean, after the match, he he told me it was the best match he'd ever had. and he <laughs> t- And he took a picture with me. <laughs> On his, he had somebody get a cell phone. He had him take a picture of us together. He thanked me. He like you never got the picture. It was just for his use. Yeah, just. For, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was because because he had mentioned. He I mean nothing ever came of it since he had mentioned about like going to other bookings and trying to get me booked with him because right. he felt he, he felt it went that well. I didn't expect anything to come of it. And it was just like, – since I've had – you know, text, texted with him here and there, he's a super nice guy. But uh, I didn't trust him. <laughs> yeah. So after the match or whatever, I took whatever – I don't even remember what the hell the move was. I think it was like the, the choke slam bomb thing he does there. And uh, and I start to cover my mouth. Uh, but then he moves my hand. So I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> oh, shit. But he put his hand over my mouth. Right. And then spit the worms on there and they're on my chest or whatever. So he actually was very nice about it. Took care of me, completely understood, especially once we discussed like hey, here's what I'm getting paid to to do this. Right. Like it wasn't like, you know, the the WWE extra pay, which is probably in his mind what he was thinking, like guys like me get paid on the indies, but it's not the case. Um,
0: what if he had said, "Hey, I'll give you an extra, I'll give you some money?" I,
1: if physically I wouldn't be able to do it. I would throw I, I would throw up. Like I have a really that would be good. I have a really weak stomach and a really, you know, easy gag reflex and I would have thrown up all over the place.
0: That would have be been great.
1: <laughs> like, well, if they were okay with it and he wanted to throw me <laughs> a couple extra... I mean that's very similar like like if I ever had to wrestle Jake the Snake Roberts back in the day, I I don't know what I would have done because I am deathly afraid of snakes and I think I'd have a freaking heart attack if they put a huge snake like that on me. Like I, I, you know, it's just, I, I would have thrown up all over the place. I couldn't have dealt with it, uh, but he was super nice about it. We had it, we had it, you know, and like I said, since then, you know, um, you know, I, I probably haven't talked to him now in, a, in, a, in over a year, but for a while would text once in a while with him or see him on indie shows and shoot the breeze or whatever. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was, it really was a good experience that could have turned poorly uh, because I mean, let's face it, he is a jacked up monster. So if he wanted to put the worms in my mouth. He probably could have put the worms in my mouth. Like, um, you know, he is an impressive physical specimen who is, I'm sure, much stronger than I am. But, no, he was actually a really great guy about it. And, uh, you know, at first was like, hey, what do you mean? That's my, he'd lose it. Oh, uh, that's my gimmick, man. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, you can spit them on me. But, again, once we discussed, like, hey, I'm only making this, he was completely cool about it. So...
0: Overall, you've had good experiences working with the stars. Yeah, I think I
1: yeah I I've been I've been pretty lucky with that. I mean, uh, another quick story again from NWF. I, I wrestled Hardcore Holly. Yeah. And when it was announced, I was scared shitless because <laughs> I'm like, this guy could eat my lunch, and there's not a damn thing I can do about. Uh, let's leave it out there. If I am not a trained fighter. I am a trained professional wrestler. Uh, I have not been in a fight since the fifth grade. I like to think I could probably handle myself, but I play a tough guy. I don't sit here and say I am a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I was scared out of my mind, but then I get there and Bob H- Hardcore Holly was one of the friggin' nicest guys on earth. We put the together- we did a hardcore match. He gave me the Alabama slam. <laughs> um but going into it, I was scared out of my mind because he has a reputation. You see the stuff like on from Tough Enough. That's what right stuck in my, <laughs> in yeah. my brain. And uh, he couldn't have been nicer. And uh, my one regret was uh, he had copies of his books and handed out a couple copies and I couldn't get up the nerve to go <laughs> ask him for a copy of his book. It's <laughs> uh, the least he could do. Uh, he was I mean, he was giving them to people. Yeah, like, you know, I just... I felt weird about it, but yeah, I mean, I've been lucky. I think for the most part, my interactions with uh, at least guys I've had to specifically work with have been very positive. I've seen things that, you know, I think I wouldn't have dealt well with, but I don't have firsthand experience uh, poorly. I've I've seen things, but, you know, and uh, maybe someday I'll share those. (laughs) (laughs) But this is about my experiences, so...
0: All right. Well, I think we've dropped enough names, Brian.
1: Yes, and There's, I. Hey, I, I, I. got places to be here, Mike. Yes, you, you delayed us all weekend. I got. I got to be in Worcester. So we're recording this on Sunday. Right. I'm wrestling at Beyond Wrestling today. And uh, I, I got to get to Worcester here. So let's, let's start going here, buddy. I think
0: I feel like I edit all of this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and, you, uh, have to,
1: you have to sit on your desk and stuff your face while you put together?
0: <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> all right,
0: yeah, give us some feedback on this. Uh, what do you think of the uh, name droppers? Maybe we'll do some more of this. Let us know at the WPAN on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the WPAN. All right, Brian, before we get out of here, it's promo about nothing time. And Brian... It was 1988. That's the year I started watching, Brian, for the WWF. You you were 22 years old. (laughs) No, I was not. (laughs) And, Brian, let's listen to this promo from the one and only Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Bad news, Brown. I know that Harlem has a very, very bad reputation. It's not a very nice place to live. A lot of violent people out there. A lot of fighting, fighting all day. Kids fighting on the way to school. Mother's fighting on the way to the grocery store. Father's fighting on the way to the post office. It's a nasty place to live. It's got a bad reputation. I know that. I know that's what you're all about. But listen, brother, I used to play with the Oakland Raiders. And that's no cakewalk out there either. Oakland's not a very, not a very nice town. A lot of violent people out there, too. The Raiders have a very bad reputation, too.
1: They're also a very, very good team. <laughs> I'm coming to get you, better, Brown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did not, that, that. Got me. I didn't expect that to be the end of the promo.
0: He's <laughs> coming to get you. Yeah. Um, um, this one is really true to the name of the segment. It is a promo about nothing. Uh, this, yeah, he talks about a lot of fighting in Harlem and then a lot of fighting in Oakland. And uh, my guess with this one is that, all right, we need a 45-second promo. Jim Neidhart, go. And then he's in the middle of this whole thing, and before we can tie this all together, they say, five seconds. (laughs) And he's like... I'll see you in that news <laughs> it,
1: it, yeah be- well when it first started mike i I gotta be honest, I thought this was going to a bad place <laughs> Harlem <laughs> well you know i thought I thought I was like, oh man is Crockett pulling out a uh no no no, no. a uh a, a promo that maybe didn't age so well <laughs> um, you know, uh, so I thought it was going to a weird place I thought uh, this this episode's been a shit show <laughs> 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 so uh you know a shit show in that uh, uh, we've talked about some interesting things yes and i thought like well hey we might as well throw some racism in
0: <laughs> no 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 but uh yeah so uh, the he played for the raiders brian they're not very nice either <laughs>
1: no no they're not uh, but they're a very good team
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll see you in the ring <laughs>
1: <laughs> the end of that promo is <laughs> amazing uh
0: yeah what, what is what do you think was the 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 message of this promo
1: that maybe he had it as hard as bad news brown did growing up because he played in oakland i don't i don't know maybe
0: yeah lots of people fight i'll see you in the ring (laughs) (laughs) uh (laughs) thanks anvil (laughs) this is actually sent in to us by a former guest a past guest on the wrestling podcast about nothing max Smashmaster. he sent this to us uh (laughs) <laughs> Actually, it was a-, a while ago now. We're finally getting to it here on the uh, WPAN. Thank you to Max. And, uh, yeah, this promo was, ooh, it was a it, uh, hitch in the face, and that was about it. <laughs> All right. oh,
1: mother, mothers are getting hit in the face on the way to the grocery store. They
0: sure do. <laughs> uh, you've heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the New Age Insiders Network. All right, Brian, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And give me them dates. And quickly.
1: (laughs) Yes, Mike. This Friday, I'm heading to the Police Athletic League in Fall River, Massachusetts. for PAL Hall. Yes, for top rope promotions. uh, BrownPaperTickets.com. Find them on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff for all the ticket info. Saturday, April the 1st, Atlantic Pro Wrestling is back the big Uh, return yes i'll be back uh and in apw go to atlanticprowrestling.com check out their facebook for all the details on that and april the 7th mike i'm heading back to Woburn for chaotic wrestling so yeah uh go to chaoticwrestling.com and check out their social media and i'll stop there because you give me the old stink eye and we gotta wrap this thing up
0: yes you can book the kingpin by emailing brian malonis at comcast.net or send him a dm at Brian Malonis on the tweeter. Oh,
1: yeah. And hey, if uh, I got my new t shirt out. Oh. If you want to buy the Kingpin, uh, the new, or actually, it's not, it doesn't say Kingpin on, it just says Brian Malonis. The new Brian Malonis Mastodon Skull t shirt. I've shared the design online. I can take orders through PayPal, sizes small through 3XL. Shipped a couple out uh, yesterday. So. Uh, Hit me up for details. Uh, if, you, if, if you're a Kingpin fan, you don't live uh, in the area that I'm going on a show on coming soon, uh, well, hey, hit me up. We can uh, make it happen for you.
0: Why are you trying to compete with our WPAN t-shirts on prowrestlingtees.com slash Insiders? Well, because
1: I have to split those profits with you. Uh, and, nice. And these profits mm-hmm. I keep to myself.
0: You son of a bitch. Just being honest. Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to get out of here. Make sure you check out Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, our friends at Checking the Boots, iTunes, and Stitcher, every place else, the Hurricane Roundup Podcast on Facebook Live every Wednesday night. And, of course, if you're listening here on the NAI Network, listen all week long to DC and Doc Talk, The Pipe Bomb, Rant with Ant, Late Night Liam, Indie Pop, and The Inside Perspective with Scotty Slade. We are back Thursday for the WPAN BDA Bonus Podcast. Search WPAN on your favorite podcast podcatcher or go to bdaradio.com to find us then join us next monday here on the nai network for episode 49 of the wpan till then he is the kingpin brian malonis i'm mike crockett big ups to mucko and thanks for nothing